Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be the pantry has to be full of good things to get fat, right? Or for the calf, the the ground has to be nice and fertile and lots of good grass. It's got to be it's provision. It's provision. It's healthy. And plenty is provided. You will lack nothing. You will have everything. That's what it's getting at. And again, let me refer back to my cattle days at the ranch when I used to work on a ranch. When you keep calves in a stall, because it said a stall, right? When you keep calves in a stall, they're, they're, they're cooped up in there. It's a good place to feed them and fatten them up, but they're not very good at being cooped up for very long. You can fatten them in there, but there's a a point. They want out. And when you show up, they know you're there to let them out. And when you let them go, they are gone because they they want to get out into that pasture, into the freedom they have out there. And so when you turn them loose, they get out of the stall. They're out there like, yay, I'm not pent up anymore. And, you know, right now in this day and time, believers are well tended to. We're well tended to on this world, but the restoration and the freedom that we have coming after the great day of the Lord is described here. And you shall go out. Freedom. Get me out of this world. Get me out of here. You shall go out like stall fed calves. We're well tended to here, but there's a point where he's going to come break us out of here and we are gone, buddy. I'm off in eternal life. See ya. Let's let's go together. Let's get out there where the provision is so good. It's unlike anything we've ever seen down here. When we enter into the joy of our father, it's going to be incomparable to the limitations of provision that we have today. And so today we still experience the pain and trials of life. But although we are very limited in that, God is still providing for us. But imagine how it's going to be when the limitations of this world are removed from us. What that's going to be like. And we are fully healed and restored to where we can go out into the greatness of his provision in eternal life. Guys, we have a great day coming. If you're in Jesus Christ, but if you're not burned up like stubble, hello, which do you want? It should be a pretty clear cut decision if you ask me. Okay, this is our future being expressed here. The joy of the righteous that we will experience. Now notice in verse, the beginning of verse two addresses this to you who fear my name. It says to you who fear my name. This is not going to be the outcome for everybody. It's only going to be for those who fear his name, the righteous. Now, remember how the Lord had just earlier warned how 
he had warned many how they had been speaking harshly against his name. Remember, they said, what did we do against you? He says, you've spoken harshly against my name. He said that in the previous chapter or chapters. And so this is not going to be the outcome for them. The ones who speak harshly against God's name. You, you know how people curse and they curse God, but they're a Christian. Well, I'm a Christian, but they GD this, you know, they curse his name. You know, it's, it's going to not be a good outcome for them. God is here now in this verse that we're in. He is now addressing the righteous, the righteous in Jesus, not the wicked, which shows the Lord's contempt for the wicked, but his love for those who are his. This is a different group of people he's talking to now. First, he addressed the wicked. Now he's talking to the righteous. Everybody that thinks everybody goes to heaven, it's all automatic. You need to read Malachi 4. He talks what happens to the different groups of people, depending on where your belief is. This great freeing day is only for the righteous, and it's not for others. Now, this should be a great motivation for anyone who has not yet given their life to Jesus. And I plead with my friends... Give your life to Jesus. Eh, Yeah, whatever. And it's not a big deal. Guys, this is motivation to give your life to Jesus. Look what's coming. Compare both ends. Because when this day hits, he's going to be your only salvation from being burned up like stubble. He's the only way you've got out. Some people are mad that it's only Jesus. Be glad he gave you Jesus. You know, when you try to do things and no matter what you do, it ain't good enough. Well, God gave you Jesus. Don't look at him and say, oh, that's not good enough. Oh, it's more than good enough. He's the way, the blessed hope. It's good. He's good enough. He will be your salvation. Now, here's more warning in Malachi 4, uh, verse 3. It says, You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. You know, this really here shows the finality when you look at it. The finality of the judgment for the wicked. They're going to end up in eventually finality in hell. But this is also talking about God's answer here to all the people that said in Malachi 3.14, the people were actually saying, it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we keep his ordinance? I hear that today. People tell me, well, it's useless. What good is it? As a matter of fact, when I first said I was going to Bible college, you know what people said to me? They always went, what can you do with that? What can you do with that? I know what they were meaning. How do you make money? How do you make money on a Bible degree? I said, you don't. (laughs) Well, what can you do with that? These are people that are saying it is useless to serve God. That's the mentality. What profit is it that we keep his ordinance? What good is it to follow this Jesus thing? What's the point? Just church stuff. I'd rather stay at home and sleep in. What use is it? This is the profit that we get to gain right here. This freeing, this healing, the son of righteousness coming down. This is the profit, guys. Eternal life for one thing. That should be enough. Jesus, that should be enough. But look at the difference between burned up stubble and those who get get freed and have everything they need and all the provision is there. I don't know how much clearer it needs to get to tell you that Jesus Christ is a really good deal. (laughs) This is how useful it is to serve God, to be able to escape the harshness of his judgment and gain eternal life and have everything that you'd ever need and never have had before, I'd say this is a huge gain. 
Big gain. Malachi 4 and 4. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. So he's telling Israel, law of Moses, commanded in Horeb. What is this? That's the Ten Commandments. God's law and the other statutes and the commandments that were put around with it. Um, It's all the things that God told Israel to obey. You know, obeying these things is not religious imprisonment. I hear people talk like that. They don't want to go to church because they don't want to be told what to do. Or they want to live their own life. But what they're trying to say is they want to not have anything they have to obey and follow. Obeying these things is not religious imprisonment that people try to make it out to be. As though religiousness steals away freedom. We just read that following Jesus gives you freedom. It frees you. But obeying God's law would be exactly the way that the people would be able to live underneath God's divine protection. You know, let me put it this way. God has a way for us to live life. And it is not our place to live outside of his guidelines while expecting God to still bless us. God says, live like this. Here's the way I have for you to live. And it's not to to put you in some kind of weird situation. It's to protect you. It's like when you let kids play in the backyard, there's a fence around. Stay inside here. You get out there, some rabid dog might bite you or something. Stay here. This is a protected area. And so the this way to live is for protection that would help them prosper. How many times have you told somebody, my house, my rules? You're going to live here. You need to live the way I tell you. This is God's way of saying, my house, my rules. Live the way. And it's not just to, to, to it's to protect because he loves people. He loves us. Anyone who refused to live according to God's ways of safety and protection, they would put themselves at dangerous risk. I've got that story. When I was on top of the tall skyscraper building in Houston, we went up there to work on the antennas. There's a slick roof up there. It's a waterproof seal. And when the rain would touch it, it would get real slippery. And you're looking down at cars like ants, and you don't want to slip off of that thing. But there was a mat that was placed in a pathway to get to the antennas. And you better stay on that mat. Don't get off of that mat. Oh, I want to go play over here. Don't get off the mat. Stay there and walk careful. And it's narrow. Call that intolerance if you want to. Well, I want to go over there. Have the tolerance for me to go over there. Yeah, but you're going to get in trouble over there. It's a narrow path. Stay on that. He was telling them the law of Moses here. If you're not under his place of safety, you're going to get trampled and be like these ashes that we had read before, which is the result of destruction. Ashes underneath the feet of righteousness. Ashes first means they were burned. They were burned. Judgment took them down to nothing and then trampled on on top of that by the righteous. You know, nobody likes getting walked on. I hate getting walked on. It doesn't feel good. (laughs) But for those who insist upon resisting the Lord by doing things their own way, which is always disobeying what the Lord commands. You ever notice that when you want to do things your way, it's always disobedience to God usually? Even Paul had uh, problems with that in Romans 7, I think it was. Even the things he wanted to do was still in disobedience to God. But when you disobey the Lord, Lord, you're going to get in in trouble. And then getting walked on is exactly what is going to happen to these people that insist on doing everything their own way. 
They will be destroyed, ashes, and trampled on. And again, when you consider verse 1, which talks about the day is coming like a burning oven, that wrath of God burns and consumes. It burns and consumes. And so it's no wonder that the wicked will be ashes. It's no wonder it said ashes. It's indicative of how they're going to be after God's wrathful judgment is put upon them. Guys, this is pretty clear to me. Anybody watching me or hearing me right now, don't you want Jesus? Come on. He's the only way out. He, He died for you so that you don't have to. Why do you shake your fist at him? He died so you don't have to deal with it. He made it easy. Malachi 4 and 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Turning the, the children to the fathers and all that, that, that is, that's unity. That's getting together in fellowship. That's also the founding fathers of the covenant faith that is coming back to listening to what they led Israel in. This is a second way of God saying, come back to the law. Children, come back to what your fathers told you. Now, all the scary stuff that we've been through is listed for the wicked here. But you can see God's mercy still at work, even up to the last possible minute, that God wants everybody to repent and be saved, and that he would even send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Why would he do this big, Elijah, get in there right before the day? Because he's trying to get people to wake up. Come on. I've got salvation for you here and you still don't want it. Elijah, go tell him. (laughs) He's really pushing to get people to turn before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Even before the Lord does all this, he's going to send Elijah, a righteous man that we know from the Bible, who did great things for the Lord. And so Elijah, the Elijah you were reading about in the past before, he's going to come and turn the hearts of the fathers of fathers to the children and hearts of children to their fathers. A restoration back in unity, getting the Israelites back together again, rightly before God. That's what God wants. He wants us to get together rightly before him to repent and come back uh, so that they can escape God's judgment. But so again, we can see that God is exercising his mercy right up to the end for those who had still not believed. Aren't you glad God does this for us? You realize he could have, I realize he could have taken me out a long time ago, but he extended more grace, more mercy to me. He kept extending it to me. And now I'm saved. I've repented of my old life. I don't do that crazy junk anymore. I'm different now. And I'm trying to tell everybody I can, hey, come on into this. This is a good way to be. It's a great life. And I know what's coming ahead for me, eternal life. I've got a great hope. But we can see he's extending his mercy right up to the very end. Nobody anywhere, nobody can look at God and say they were not given a chance. Nobody can do that. Oh, you you cheated me and nobody told me. He's gonna do, he's doing everything he can. He wants all to repent and be saved, not just the Israelites, but thankfully even a Gentile like me. I read about the covenants for you, Israel. I read about what he's gonna do for you, Israel. And you know, if I had no grafting in, I would be depressed. Right? Israel gets everything, and I'm the foreigner, the outcast. What have I got? 
I'm included. I'm very thankful. And so he wants all to repent and get saved. And he's going to send Elijah. And so lastly, what we have here in Malachi 4 is we have a prophecy given that has not happened yet. Now, we've read about a lot of prophecies that did happen. But here's one that hadn't happened yet. How exciting is that? Okay. Hadn't come about yet. It's yet to come. We have yet to see, see what's going to happen with that. Now, where it says, I will send you Elijah before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. First off, I want you to notice how it says great and dreadful. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. It's great. The Lord's coming back. It's great. And it's dreadful. Right. Who's it great for? It's great for us who believe in Messiah Jesus. Who's it dreadful for? The wicked who says, not right now in my life, my way. I'm not into this Jesus thing. I've got my own big mountain of money to go make. It's all about me and what I want to do. I don't have time for God. Dreadful. But for those of us who gave up our lives and bowed the knee and submitted to Lord Jesus, that's going to be a great day. And that's going to exceed your 401k, buddy. Right? Where it says, I will send you, Elijah, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. This corresponds with Revelation 11. Revelation 11, it speaks about two witnesses. God is going to send to the earth to call everyone to repentance, which would unite the hearts of the father of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Again, this means for people to listen to what God is trying to tell them to do. God's trying to tell them, here's some things you need to do. You need to obey and submit to this order to be protected. If you want to read about Elijah, it does say there's going to be a period of time they're going to be here speaking, and it says the whole world's going to see him. Now, how could this have happened back in that day when they wrote it? There's no way you could have, the whole world could have seen two guys. But now with social media, satellite, internet, all these things, now that is possible. We're living in a time where this is possible to happen. And it didn't even exist. The technology did not even exist, not 50, no, probably 50 years, not 100 years ago. This prophecy could happen soon. The great day of the Lord could happen soon. Uh, there's things that have to happen first. We do see that. We're going to be out of here, guys. Any minute, poof, we could be gone. It's going to be a good time, but the dreadful day, the dreadful day, I'm just, for those that have not given their life to Jesus, you've got a dreadful day coming. Well, I don't believe in that. It's like the guy that says, I don't believe in jail, so you can't send me there. The judge will send you. I just want to encourage you that there is peace and safety and there's prosperity in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have already tried for years. Whoever you are, it's the, the equation is the same for everybody. You've tried so long to achieve everything you've ever wanted, and you haven't got it yet. You may be sitting in a $10 million house and have more money than I will ever see in my lifetime. But there is something in your life that you never have got yet. And you're wondering why. It's because you're not living life God's way. And he has a way to fill that gap that you will never, never get. I would like to suggest you give your life to Jesus. You gain Jesus. What profit is there? What do we gain? Here's what you gain. You gain Jesus Christ. You get forgiveness of your sins. You get to live forever. That's eternal life. But the greatness of eternal life is going to be beyond anything that the mind even has the capacity to imagine. 
That's riches beyond anything that could be ever even thought of. Doesn't that sound like a good deal? And every bit of it is free. Too good to be true, Ray. (laughs) If you're thinking like the world tells you, yeah. But if you're thinking like what God gives you, it is good. It is true. And so I just want to lead you in prayer as we come before the Lord thinking about this day that's coming. And it is coming. It's coming. Ray, you're just trying to scare me. I, I read the word of God to you. Let that scare you. Because the moment you get scared of this is the moment you smarten up in Texan terms. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, if you want it put biblically. And that should scare you. Say, sorry, Lord Jesus, I have messed up. I, I don't want this day of dread to fall upon me. I don't want your wrath to consume me. I don't want to be trampled on as ashes, Lord God. I want to be saved, and I don't know how to do it. I have tried too long to fix everything, and I can't. So, Lord, I give it all to you. Jesus, take over. You're the boss now. That, that's what making Jesus Lord is, is that he now owns everything you have and commands every bit of your obedience. Submit. Bow the knee. That means give it all up to him. I give it all to you, Father. I give it all to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came and died in my place for me. You didn't put me through it. You did it. I give it all to you. I thank you for the promises you offer me. You're you're a covenant operating God. Thank you for the promises so that I know I can trust it. Lord, there's a lot of people that are considering accepting you, but they've been mistreated. They have had their trust broken so many times. They've had their heart broken so many times. They have a hard time trusting anybody. Lord, show them that you are a God of covenant. You make promises and you never fail to make any one of them ever come to pass. You do them all. And that when people get their eyes upon seeing your track record, Lord, that you've done all these things, then they know, well, then I should be able to trust this too. For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, Lord, I pray for those who are considering that they want to give you their life. They just go ahead and do it. Friend, you can't figure it out. Your logical mind can't figure it out. You're still trying to piece together. How does this work? You're never going to figure it out because we're faulted. We're flawed. We ruined it. We're corrupted. Somewhere in your being, the Lord's tugging you. Give my life to Christ. Give my life to Christ. Give it to him. Let him sort out the questions. Let him sort out the issues. You know you just need to give your life to Christ because you know you messed up. And you know you can't fix it. Give it to him today. He'll save you. He'll free you. Everything will be fine in eternity. Don't you want that? The difference of the day, great and dreadful. Which which one? Here's what your choice looks like. It's just so obvious. I pray you accept the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Give it to him. We thank you, Lord, for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's better to learn the fear of the Lord today then wait till later for what's coming. Take this to your friends. Tell them about Malachi. There's a good stuff in Malachi. And uh, tell your friends, guys, if we're not telling people, we're not being responsible for what we're charged to do. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.